Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Love to, uh, for those that haven't, I haven't met personally, uh, my name's Andrew, and it's an av- absolute uh, privilege for you to uh, be, for us to be together, and thank you so much for sharing your Sunday morning with us. You know, one thing that I love about this church is that we've got so many people on so many different places in their journey of exploring uh, Christianity and choosing to follow Jesus. So if you've come here and this may be your first time or you're just new to this, don't worry. There are so many people like you and our heart and our uh, what we love to do is to help you however we can along that journey. Now, I don't know if you have realized this, but for us in the room, we have all lived through one of the greatest upheavals in society in the last half century. Did you know this? That in the last 50 years, the biggest world event that's happened in the last 50 years is COVID. Are you aware that we have lived through one of the biggest shakeups of society and changes of society that the world has seen? There is no other event in the last 50 years that has impacted more countries in a more significant way than COVID. Right, so when I don't know if you remember what it was like, you're like, oh, please don't remind me. I'm, I'm just trying to forget. But all the uncertainty that was happening around the time of COVID, and all the different things that were happening around the world, whole sectors of economies closing, different parts and different parts of life and society being changed, and at least here in Australia, one of the key messages was this. Stay home. Stay home. That was one of the key messages. And the key message was this. One of the best things that you can do, one of the greatest things that you can do is to stay home. That's if you care about your society, if you care about people around you, you should stay home. And so what that led to, and there was a whole bunch of reasons, this is not a judgment of why or whether we should or shouldn't, it's just a reality that one of the key messages that we've been a part of is the best thing that you can do is stay home. The best thing you can do is isolate. The best thing that you can do is get Uber Eats and watch more Netflix. And I want to tell you that that's not a bad idea for a Friday night after a big week, but in terms of a lifestyle, in terms of a way of living, isolation, staying home, staying safe, not doing anything if you've got a little sniffle, there were reasons for that, but that is not a good way to live. And in fact, in our society right now, one of the key things that we are facing is now a pandemic of anxiety because of isolation and because of some of those things. Now, COVID called us in. It said, it said, stay home. The best thing you can do is come in. But I want to say this morning that Jesus calls us out. That in fact, Jesus calls us to a life 
of adventure. You know, here are the exact words of Jesus, John chapter 10. He says, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. That is his plan. That is his purpose for each and every one of us, that we don't just live life under our own strength, but we actually position ourselves to have the life of Jesus to go out and to live a life of adventure and to embrace what Jesus has invited us into. But do you know how he does that? He does that through putting dreams and visions in the heart of every Christian. Every single person Jesus invites into this life of adventure But he puts something within us, within our hearts. What do I mean by that? Within our our deepest emotions and desires. But also he captures our imagination. This is what God does. He places dreams and visions in our hearts. Now, usually there's, there's three different types of categories of people when it comes to the idea of God putting dreams and visions in our hearts. The first type of people is like, I've never heard that before. That sounds, that sounds cool. Like, tell me more about that. This is the first I'm hearing that God would actually inspire us with a vision or a dream or a picture or capture our imagination. That's one group of people. The other group of people are people that are like, yeah, I'm like, I, I've got some dreams. I've got some visions. I've got some things. I know that God has put some things in my heart. I know that those things are good things. Those things glorify God. They make Jesus the hero in my life. They're not just selfish things, but they're good things. And some of you have got some dreams and some ideas. Even some of you are wanting to get married. Some of you are wanting to start a family. Some of you have got ideas of businesses and careers, and all of those are good from God. And you've got those ideas, but you're like, okay, I got the idea. What's, what's next? That's the second category of people. And the third category of people is this. People that say, look, theoretically that is possible for somebody, but not for me. Like, I I believe that there are dreams, I believe that there are visions, I believe that God could potentially do that, but not for me, because you don't understand my circumstance, and many of us here are facing real disappointments and real challenges and have endured real heavy things in the past and now think that you are disqualified, that instead of like going to the finish line, you, you can't even come to the starting line because that's not you. Now, the good news for all of us is that when it comes to a life of adventure, when it comes to dreams and visions, pictures of a better future, that we don't do that under our own power. We don't do that under our own strength. That the way that we do that, and Jesus described God's way of operating in the world using this word, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what life 
looks like and how the world works when God is in control, when God is in the boss, when God is the boss. And he says how things work when God is the boss is by faith. How things work when God is the boss is by faith. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. And if you think about it, it makes sense because we can't see God. We need to believe that he exists, number one. And then as we start to study the scripture and understand, we believe that he is good, that he loves us, and that he made a way for us to have relationship and enter into the full life that Jesus promised through the death, birth, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. This is fundamental to what we believe as Christians. And so it's by faith. Faith is what allows us to navigate our way. And when God gives us a dream, when God gives us a vision, we need faith to see that become a reality. You know that faith is the ability to hold on to, to grab a spiritual reality in light of present difficulties. That's what it means. It means you actually take hold of the promise of God in a certain time, even before you can see it. It's the ability to grab hold of a spiritual reality in the midst of present difficulties. Do you know what else faith is? Faith is the power to occupy the present in light of God's future promises. Now, for all of us, and and in lots of different places in society, we would talk about the place that we are, our current reality. And then we would understand that God gives us a picture of the future, a dream, an idea, and there is a gap between where we are and where God calls us to. I, th- I think we would all know that. In fact, um, it's not... Lots of people describe it. Some people describe it as a creative tension. The, the gap between where you are and your vision of the future. And it is faith that allows you to occupy the space between. Because often what we do is when we're here and we know God has called us there, sometimes when things don't go our way, what do we do? We lower our vision. Or we give up on our vision. And we say, oh, I don't think I could get there, but maybe I could just get here, or maybe this is not for me at all. And faith is what allows us in this, to, to have access to every spiritual reality. Let me share you with you a, a scripture talking about the power of faith in Matthew chapter 9. Verse 27, it says, Two blind men followed Jesus, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they went right into the house where he was staying. And Jesus asked them this, Do you believe I can make you see? That's what he said. Do you believe? It's a question of faith. And they said, 
Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and he said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Because of your faith, it will happen. And that's a very challenging thing because in that story, there is an element of vulnerability. There is an element of risk. In order for us to enable God, God's power and God's presence to take us from where we are to where he wants us to, to be, we have to say, God, I believe that you can do it. I believe that you, and that's a, that kind of makes our brains go in a head spin, right? It's not very safe. And we've got to put ourselves out there. We've got to make ourselves vulnerable. And we've also got to make ourselves humble to say that we can't do this by our own power. And we need faith to do this. And the title of my message this morning is Faith Like a Child. Let's read Matthew 18. It's going to come up on the screen as well. It says this, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Remember, the kingdom of heaven is how things operate. When God is the boss, when he's in control. And he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you know in in the Bible, Jesus never asked children to become like adults, he always asked adults to become like children. It's fascinating, isn't it? Seven times, seven times Jesus interacts with children in the Bible, and there's a couple of things that's going on, but one of the things that he does is he points to them and says to adults, you should have the humility, and you should have the simplicity of a child. Do you know that we can learn a lot from kids when it comes to faith? We can learn a lot from kids when it comes to simplicity and humility and vulnerability. Do you know my kids, one of the things they do is they overestimate my abilities, this is what they do. So, so in our family, we watch a lot of sport. We watch a lot of, there's rugby league season. And uh, if you know anything about rugby league, which I don't assume that you do, but uh, there are what we call the forwards or the prop forwards. They are the, the big guys in the middle. And some of these guys, they're like pure muscle, can bench, I don't know, thousands of kilos, could lift your car. All right, very, very strong. Some of these guys are like 95, 100, 110, but they can also run like 100 meters in like 11 seconds or something. 
really strong professional athletes, uh, train hard, but also naturally gifted and physically strong. Now, this happens all the time with my kids, particularly my boys. So we're watching that and they'll be like, there's a, there's a guy who plays for the Broncos called Painhouse. Like my seven-year-olds, Dad, do you reckon you could beat him in an arm wrestle? And I say, I could definitely not beat him in an arm wrestle. And he, he says, are you sure? Because I reckon you could beat him in an arm wrestle, right? Because my, my children, they overestimate my abilities. Do you know what else they overestimate? And I don't know those that have kids or have nephews or nieces. or They overestimate my resources. Do your kids overestimate your resources? So this is something, I won't name names, we've got people. So we're driving along, and we see a certain car, all right? So someone in, in one of my kids, won't mention their name, they like Audis, all right? So they see this car, it's an Audi Q7, and they say, we should get one of those cars. And so I say, how much do you think that car's worth? What, like $2,000. I say, it's probably worth 180000 And they're like, yeah, we should get one. <laughs> and then I say, I say, no, we're not, we're not getting an Audi Q7. And, and they say, are we poor? <laughs> and I say, no, we're not poor, but we're not spending 180000 on a Q7. So my kids... They overestimate my abilities and they overestimate my resources. Do you know when it comes to our Heavenly Father, we do the opposite? We underestimate. We underestimate abilities. We underestimate resources. And when it comes to our Heavenly Father, we do the opposite. So here's my question for all of us here. And those listening on the podcast is where are you underestimating God? Where are you having a low view of God's ability to provide his ability and his resources? And Jesus asks us a question, just like he asked the blind man. When we have a, have a need, he says, what does he say? Do you believe I can? So fill in the gap with your area of need because your heavenly father is good. And the Bible says that he loves to give good things to his children. So for those that are in need of a financial miracle. Do you believe that God can do it? For those that are in need of healing, do you believe that God can do it? For those that, that hope to be married or start a family, do you believe that God can do it? And here is a, a statement. And our statement is this. Our statement is, that it's time to overestimate God's abilities. It's time. 
You might say that's a little bit of a funny thing to say. How can you overestimate God's abilities? Well, you can't. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3.20 that God is exceedingly and abundantly all that we could ever hope or imagine. And so what I want to say is there is no danger of having a high view of God. There is no danger because He is exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask, hope or dream or imagine. The greatest dream that God has placed in your heart is no limit for God Himself. Because he is the God of the infinite and the eternal. And Isaiah, the prophet, who uh, prophesied many, many hundreds of years ago, he said this, Is God's arms too short to reach? What was he saying? Is sometimes we think that God has T-Rex arms. He is powerful. But he's got little arms and there are things that are out of his reach. But Isaiah was saying, no, no. There is nothing that is out of reach. There is nothing that is impossible for God. No situation no, that's too difficult. No brokenness. No things of the past that are too impossible. And the question to us is, do we believe it? Do we believe it? And I've got to say that within me, there's always this tension. But what about? But what about? It's time to overestimate God's abilities. We can go back to that uh, cover screen there on that one. Do you know we can learn a lot? from kids have you ever seen a child enter the ocean compared to how you enter the ocean how do you enter the ocean put the sun cream on check the forecast check the radar you come in dip your toe in you start thinking about all the movies that you watch that your mum told you not to watch as a teenager, you start thinking about, for those that are older, Jaws, those that are younger, Meg, Meg too. You start to think about dangerous animals that do not live in the ocean like piranhas. That's how we enter. And then when it actually comes time, we don't enter normally. We start to contort our bodies. Does anyone do this as they enter? And you start to make tiny, high-pitched noises as it gets colder and colder. That's how we enter the ocean. How does a child enter the ocean? Straight in. Do you know why? One of the things that I think why. Kids are underthinkers. Do you ever notice that your, your kids, our kids are underthinkers? I could give you another example. Like, so they'll, they'll get home and they'll say, uh, they'll say this, they'll say um, to Beck, I'd like lasagna. 
can we have lasagna for dinner? And it's like five o'clock. And Beck's like, well, can we, can we just get the cover screen up, just the title screen? Thanks. That's great. Um, thank you. And so the kids will say to uh, Beck, they'll say, can we have lasagna tonight? And she'll be like, okay, well, are you aware of the process of making lasagna? You've got to do the white sauce. You've got to cook up the mince. You've got to get the layers of pasta. And then you've got to put that in the oven with the cheese. And they'll go, no, I never thought about that. I just wanted lasagna. And when it comes to asking for something, this is important. Kids underthink their role in the request. Kids have no problems asking for things. Do you know what happens with us when it comes to our Heavenly Father? We overthink our role in the request. Do I have any overthinkers in the building? So here's what happens. It happens all the time. Before we come to ask God something, we run through scenarios with incredible detail and our conclusion after running through that scenario with incredible detail is that God simply can't do it. The raw materials are not there. You've done, you've, and, and often, and I would say for those who are overthinkers, God has given you an incredible gift to work through problems and to plan. There is nothing wrong with being an overthinker in some situations. However, when it comes to the kingdom of God, a life of faith, believing for something that you can't do in your own power and your own strength, there is something wonderful about being an underthinker. Because it's the only way that you are going to allow God to be able to move. So have you ever done that? You've, you know God has placed something or there's something in your heart that you, like, I, I want to believe for this, I want to reach for this, but look at my circumstance. Look at all the things. No. Or sometimes the way that we overthink is, I don't want to be disappointed. I've, I've been hurt before. What, what if God doesn't answer this? Sometimes it's like, if I ask God and he disappoints me, will I actually not just lose faith in God's ability to provide, but will I lose faith in God himself? These are all the brilliant thoughts that are going through our mind. But God wants us to do this. He wants us to underthink. And I want to say that it's time to underthink our role in our request. It was probably about three and a half years ago, uh, we were in our house in Arana Hills, and it was in the middle of COVID. And so there I was in the global headquarters of City Lights Church. And to my left was Nerf and Lego storage, storages of Nerf and Lego and kids' toys. And to my right was my wife's workstation with a tress on a trestle table. And so like many, many people, we were in our homes just working through COVID. And I remember I got up 
really early one morning and I just had this thought and this question that I knew, I knew I had a sense that it was from God. And the question was this, can you believe me for a bigger house? And I said, yes. And then I said, God, what do you want me to do about it? And he said, nothing. Which sounds easy, right? But if you're an action-orientated person like myself, then I was like, okay, well, nothing could mean a lot of things. (laughs) Nothing could mean a spreadsheet or a budget or going on realestate.com, domain, right? Looking around. The, the issue with that at, at, at that time is that between Beck and I were both like very part-time. I think we had just a couple of days of paid work because early on in starting the church, paid work between us. And so I got to the point where no bank's going to give us a loan. And so I had to just, all I could do in that time was just to say, yes. I believe that you can do it. Do you know, I want to encourage us that when we receive a dream or a vision or a word from God, that sometimes the most godly and God-honoring thing that we can do is just say yes without doing it ourselves. Because most often we don't have the capacity to do it anyway. And so there are some statements that we can say, and we can say things like this. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know he will. That is not a statement that diminishes faith. We could also say this. Someone says, how is that going to happen? I don't know, but I'm excited to see it. What part will you play? I don't know, but I'm ready to do it when he asks me to be. So there's a difference between like, oh, hands off. But there's, a di- there's another difference between just holding on tightly and thinking that it all depends on you. Now, as it turned out, there were a series of different circumstances that happened at the perfect timing that allowed us, actually happened in a number of different stages, Things that were way out of our control. God's good and gracious provision. But sometimes we've got to say, look, right now, I'm just going to trust God and believe God and I'm just going to occupy this middle part in between where I am and where God's called me to be. And I'm not going to lower my vision. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to feel like I can control it. But I'm just going to be at rest, trusting God for who he is. I want to encourage us that when it comes to our Heavenly Father, we need to overestimate him. We need to overestimate him. And we need to underthink. 
And I just want to say that there is a huge amount of peace there. It, it, it makes us feel uneasy because we have to take ourselves as the center of control and we have to say, God, you, you are God. And I think you can do a pretty good job. Like you, have you ever been recently just out into the bush and just looked around and listened to the birds and been on top of a mountain or something? God created that. He's pretty good. He's a creator. He's a good God. He's got a plan. He's got a dream. He's got a vision for each and every person. Do you know, as we finish up, I want to read a scripture from Acts chapter 2. And it's a promise that God wants to fill each and every person with fresh dreams and fresh vision. And God wants to give us, each and every one of us, a word. Now, some of us, you may never have heard that before. But here's what it says. This is at the birth of the church. So the the church that we're now part of started in Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago. And it says this, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Can we just hang on that word, all people? That means if you are here, you are one of the all. If you are listening to this, you are one of the all. It doesn't say some people. It doesn't say people that deserve it. It says all people. Sons and daughters. Is it just for men? Nope. Is it just for women? Nope. It's for all people. Will prophesy. What does prophesy mean? It means to prophesy means that you hear first the word of God before you declare it. That God speaks to you. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. This is it. This is our entry point. The inspiration, the ideas, it comes from God Himself. It's not something we have to work up. It's just something that we have to open up. And so in a moment, I'm going to give each and every person a chance, and this may be so new, but just to allow the presence of God to speak to you. How will you know it's the presence of God? You will feel at peace the presence of God is not a pointed finger it's an open hand let's pray thanks for joining us for this message we hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus you can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church